and welcome to the latest Art of Score podcast. This is our post-draft rookie podcast. I am Ron Brown, accompanied with Tim Brown, as always. Hello, friends. And Mike Forty. Happy Burger Day. We're recording this on National Burger Day. And I did not have a burger today. I did. You did you? What'd you have? Bison. A bison burger. Who makes up these holidays? No, they're not. Who makes up these holidays? There's a a food holiday. There's a food holiday for everything. There's actually a website or something you could look up, put your birthday in, and it came back with what your food holiday was, and that was something real shitty, like lollipops or something. (laughs) It was terrible. The, uh... But do they give out like free burrs like places, or is it like that National Donut Day where like Krispy Kreme gives out donuts and Dunkin' Donuts? No, you don't get anything for free. It's just you should go buy one for crap. some stupid well, reason. I, that's the burger is a gift unto itself. <laughs> just the fact that a burger exists. So this is our post draft rookie podcast. Uh, follow us on artofscore.wordpress.com on Twitter, search for Art of Score, and on Facebook, Art of Score. Become our friend. Um, 40 and I just came back from a trip from the draft last, uh, last month, about three weeks ago. We have some, we're gonna throw some stuff on the uh, website about that. Well, how was it? But the main thing that happened on there was the draft itself. What was that Tim? How was it? It was all right. They actually put us down in front this year. Oh, did they really? Yeah. Yeah. We usually, you're, you know, uh, I've gone to the draft multiple years, probably about eight times. And most of the time they stick you up in the balcony area, but this particular time, they put us way down in the pit, and we were right next to the 49ers and, was it Dolphins? Or? 49ers, I believe the Chargers were near us, oh, the Chargers. Bengals. Yeah, we're right next to us, like the guys who take the phone calls. Oh, so right. cool. nobody, cool. nobody important. We didn't get to shake hands with Jim Harbaugh. Or... No, it was just some, you know, some wacky answering a phone, but it was still pretty cool. Um, so the first guys we really want to talk about are our top guys, regardless of position. So the consensus players that we – have so far tim and mike and i put our heads together and the three that really stood out were bishop sankey the running back on the tennessee titans sammy watkins buffalo bills and brandon cook wide receiver for the new orleans saints fort take it away all right well i think uh when we're talking about fantasy purposes sankey kind of gets graded i think on a little bit of a curve here he was drafted into a situation with the Titans where he's going to get a chance to pretty much start, I think, if he has even a slightly above average camp. And I also thought he was one of the best, if not the best, running back available. So that's like a marriage of uh, talent and opportunity there that, you know, look, we all know the deal with rookie running backs. They have a great opportunity usually to uh, contribute if they're drafted into the right situation and also from a fantasy perspective, whether you're in a redraft league or a dynasty league, you're always looking for another running back because that's the way the NFL is now. You're always cycling through those guys. So I think, is Sankey the most talented guy, uh, player that was drafted? Absolutely not at the skill position. But is he a guy that like could be a fantasy, legit sleeper that could help you win something? Yeah, I think he so. He could be like Doug Martin was. He wasn't the best running back maybe in that class, but he was huge. Yeah, he he. I, that was like a spark of energy. I see Sankey more as a That's steady, steady producer. I don't think he'll have that thirty-point week that Martin had his rookie year. No, no, no. But, I, I'm not saying that, but just in terms of how he came out of the draft and you know the position and you know where he landed and. I could almost see him as like maybe a Marshawn Lynch. He's consistent. He's not a not much as of a game breaker as Marshawn Lynch, but yeah, kind I mean, of the he's same not the power of him. But yeah, yeah, no, yeah. 
Um, plus, so you, oh, I'm just going to say, yeah. plus he's running behind an offensive line that is possibly becoming one of the best in football. Well, they played terrible last year, but they have a lot of talent. They have a lot of talent. They drafted high. <laughs> They're going to kick one of those guys inside to guard for the for the year just to make everybody work out. And then when, like, Michael Ruse or somebody moves on, then they'll fix it. But I, I, I really do think that they have a very underrated uh, run-blocking line, and it's going to probably pop up this year. Um, next up, Sammy Watkins. Uh, he was the number four player overall drafted. Uh, Buffalo Bills traded up to get him, and after that, they traded Stevie Johnson to the San Francisco 49ers. I didn't quite understand that move, but so sure. they have. So they want to go all young with wide receivers. They have, um, you know, Robert Woods, and now probably starting alongside him is going to be Sammy Watkins because uh, Goodman Goodwin's going to probably in the oh, move around in the slot and just move him yeah. around. So, although I did hear they're experimenting, I don't know what they're going to do. I think because I, I did hear Robert Woods is going to get some time in the. Yeah, slot. I heard that too. But I, I mean, <laughs> lining up in the slot once in a while and being a slot receiver are two different things. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do in that situation. But I mean, they traded a lot <laughs> to get Sammy Watkins, so he is going to be the vo- focal point of that offense. Now, I thought. From a real-life perspective, it was an idiotic move. I wrote about this on our blog at rfscore.wordpress.com that in the deepest, arguably the deepest wide receiver draft class that we've ever seen, the amount that Buffalo traded to get up and get this guy, which was the equivalent of a first round and extra, to go get a wide receiver when they were sitting in a position where they could have landed one of the top two or three guys. When you have a team that needs a lot of help, just it was a bizarre. They must really love the guy. Yeah, no, that's yeah. They, they must be totally smitten with Sammy Watkins, and I think there's a little more hype there than reality. But if they love him that much, then he's going to be a big part of that offense. Yeah, usually, yeah, I mean, they love it. No, sorry, you usually don't give up that much. You know, if you're, you know, if you if you like the like the Falcons did, they gave up a bunch to get Julio Jones. You know, because they were thought they were that one player away. Which the Bills, I mean, they gave up a lot, but they're not one player away. They're about ten players away. <laughs> yeah, and but not only that. I mean, think about this. Um, where'd Mike Evans go? He went. Uh, what were the number seven Bucks? to the Tampa Bay seven? seven yeah. All right, so <laughs> they liked him, Sammy Watkins, a first round pick and more better than Mike Evans, yeah. which is pretty crazy to me to, yeah. to like him that much more when you, when you could have just, you know, probably sat where you were and moved up a little bit and maybe got a Mike Evans or even just sat where you were and got Odell Beckham mm-hmm. odd move. But Hey, you know, but um, I mean, I think Sammy Watkins, you know, could produce like AJ green produced yeah. in Cincinnati as rookie year. Not saying he's going to be AJ green. I don't know if he's going to be that dominant, but he could put up numbers similar to him. Well, it all depends know? on EJ Manuel too. You know, what's, what's, yeah. what's with him. So, but I mean, you look at you look at um, the Bengals, and you look at AJ Green that year. I mean, he had Andy Dalton, That's the rookie right. throwing rookie, the ball. Yeah. So I mean, it's conceivable it could happen. Watkins is an interesting player for me because I do think like his college production was amazing, and we've talked about him on this podcast before. I just think that like he's a great fantasy play for the fact that they traded all that because they're going to put him on bubble screens and everything else. So even if he's not as dynamic as A.J. Green or Julio Jones or any of those guys, he's going to get the touches and he's going to get the points. Have they so, said if, they, I, if they're going to um, use him on punts, punt return, kick returns at all? I haven't read anything like that. I would think they would not. But Yeah, I know they like Goodwin as a kick returner. But I don't, punt, he may maybe punt. It's possible. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Um, and next up, Brandon Cook, 
who is probably the best, one of the best scheme fits Cooks. you could possibly have. Um, goes to New Orleans. I mean, in that offense, with next to Kenny Stills and Marcus Colston and Jimmy Graham, he could be pretty nasty. I mean, he could be the Darren Sproles, but more of a wide receiver. I mean, like he could be lining up in the backfield, catching swing passes. I mean, he's going to be multiple. He's going to be all. He could almost be like um, a uh, Percy Harvin. Yeah, oh, I type. agree. I agree. He's got that. He's got that breakaway speed, but his his me- his measurables were also for, he's strong. Yeah. For, oh for yeah. His size and I, and we talked about you know Sankey kind of getting getting an uptick because of his situation. Well, there's not a better <laughs> situation for a wide receiver to land in than to be paired with Drew Brees on a team that's are in the process of kind of revitalizing their wide receiver core. So the pecking order is now wide open. He could be, he could be the leading wide receiver on that team, which if you think about the fact that he could be the leading wide receiver on the saints offense, I mean, that's as a rookie, as a rookie, that's pretty good. They have a lot of speed on that team. I mean, they still have Joe Morgan, which I mean, say what you want about Jordan Morgan, that guy can fly. I mean, Colston's slow, but I mean, they have Jimmy Grant, who's an athletic tight end. You have Kenny Stills who ran a, Four three, I th- something or other, in in uh, in the combine last year, and now you have Cook, who's a total blazer. He's fast, he's quick. He, I mean, it's. And you know you're going to throw the ball because their run game is atrocious. So yeah, I mean, I they, they, they want to run the ball, too. but yeah, no, I agree. I mean, they want to run the ball, but I don't know how well they're going to be able to do it this year. Um, so Tim, who are two of your other guys that you're really into? One of them is Kelvin Benjamin. The Carolina Panthers wide receiver, they took him in the first round. I like him from a size standpoint and the fact that there's no other wide receiver on that team other than Jason Avant that's really, I mean, it's really oh, worth right. anything. I mean, Jason Avant's nice. I mean, Jericho Cotri was a nice pickup, but there's no one, no real red zone threat there. I mean, you, you don't really you, like you, you have. You're saying, I mean, you, you don't like Tyquan Underwood in his flat top, <laughs> his kid and play. Cut. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, who else do you have? I mean, you have Greg Olson. I mean, that's the other, uh, the only other tallest guy there. I mean, so I mean, you, you got, got you got to know. I mean, he could like <laughs> we were talking before the podcast. Mike said, you know, uh, Ramses Barden, you know, from the Giants. You know, that dude is six six. You know, had all the measurables, but you know, he was terrible. <laughs> so I mean, it, it could be one of those boomer bust one. I mean rookies uh, yeah, i agree i agree but, but I mean, I, he is I, in a great situation I, yeah i think his situation it kind of kind of trumps that so i think that you kind of bump him up just because of his situation you know they're, they're gonna do him obviously they think enough of him to draft him in the first round so uh, you know i i just like i said i just think he's in a good situation so definitely yeah i mean I, you asked who the wet red zone threat is there the red zone threat is cam newton for everybody that's ever owned a running back <laughs> or a tight end or a wide receiver there, that's the guy who steals 10 touchdowns a year inside the goal line. That team is so frustrating because when you look on paper of their running game, they're a top 10 running game every year. But I have never seen a team with a top 10 running game struggle to actually run the ball so much <laughs> as them because they're – I mean, it's so much of it is just – you know cam newton running around and it's 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 just insane they're not a good running team and they're not a really a good offense overall i mean it's it's a very weird and the thing situation. was it That's wasn't it. and it just and it did, just didn't start in the ron rivera era it was way before when john fox was there too they had yes. the, they had the same problem i mean the he drafted i mean john fox drafted jonathan stewart i mean and they they both had him and it, it was just yeah it's a bizarre situation i'm with you on that one right? yeah very weird team um what's your other one tim the other one is Trey Mason. I uh, 
I like him as a... He's a running back for the Rams. I like him just because, once again, I think he was a a good situation. I mean, they really don't have anybody behind him. I mean, they have uh, Cunningham and Zach Stacy. I mean, who who might... It will probably be the the bell cow back for him. Um, But other than that, they really don't... I mean, Isaiah Pede, I mean, I don't even want to get started on him. I mean, I wrote about that, and it's such a weird situation because he's stuck behind two guys who have played and produced, but... But yet they still keep. I don't him. think they would have drafted him if they didn't like him. Obviously, they the like him because I mean Daryl, Daryl, Daryl. Um, yeah, they cut Daryl Richardson. Richardson already got cut. I mean Isaiah Pede's on his way out. I mean the only reason they haven't cut him is probably you know, they, I'm assuming they're the going to try to trade him and they spent a second round pick on him. Yeah. Yeah. So I, but uh, I think he's. I, I mean I think he's a good, a decent size back. I mean Mike doesn't think that he's uh, all that big, but I mean he's 210 pounds. He's a little short, but. You know, yeah, so 210 pounds is fine as a running back. I mean, Clinton Portis was 200. Right. But my, yeah. my issue with him is less his size and more the fact that his playing style is kind of light for the NFC West. I don't, I don't like he's going to have to be the change of pace back. Man. To me, he's not a feature back, which is fine. But they don't seem to have a feature back on the roster, which is to, speaks to Tim's point with his opportunity there. But, but they also said today he'll have a chance to compete for a starting job. What does that mean? I don't know. I, but but yeah. the well, fact you don't that the opportunities much... there. When you don't have much of a running game, <laughs> I mean, everyone has a chance to start, so. Fair enough. Mike, you're up. All right. Uh, well, two guys that I would want to touch on are two of the, the deep receiving class that we kind of re- referenced earlier. Uh, one of them is Mike Evans, uh, who referenced really quickly. He was the second wide receiver overall taken at uh, the Bucks at seven. Wow. Tampa Bay is going to be running – with the tallest group of wide receivers and <laughs> possibly in the history of sports. Uh, Evans, I believe, is 6'5". 6'5 six, six, and a half. Yeah, yeah. No, no, he's 6'5". He's 6'5", 6'6". Yeah. He's, he's a big dude. He's, he's, uh, he's pushing it there. And his, his wingspan, which, which kind of confuses me about his height, is his wingspan is even a lot bigger than his height is. Uh, Evans was just a sick college producer, and he was he was a great physical guy. He's on a, he's on a Bucks team that, He's going to be paired across from Fitz uh, Jackson, who's also six 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 five, six five six something six, like yeah. that, and can play. And uh, the tight end, which we'll talk about that they drafted, which which is all, who's also almost six five or six four. So you're going to be running with dudes who are just the land of giants out there. Uh, and he's going to get a great opportunity because let's face it, Vincent Jackson when when he's younger, will take some of the pressure off Mike Evans learning. He won't have to be the guy, and then. He'll, transi- he'll transition out in a year or two, and Mike Evans will be the main guy in the red zone. So I think he's a great uh, he's a great dynasty. He might be the number one if you're in a dynasty draft. I would think about taking him over Sammy Watkins. Uh, but if you're playing for a redraft league this year, we'll have to watch how camp goes. I don't know what his production is going to be like as the two on Tampa Bay or possibly yeah. the three. But what, what, listen to these guys. Chris Uwasu, yeah, just gonna go with Lewis team. Murphy, Eric Page, Russell Shepard, Tommy Streeter, Lavelle Hawkins. What do they all have in common? Those are the guys behind Mike Evans. <laughs> right. Well, he's going to get a chance to play for sure. He'll play. I just yeah. don't know. Oh, production-wise, yeah, you never know. I don't know how that, that that's going to work out. And the other guy that I really like, uh, who I like more than the Brown brothers, uh, is Jordan Matthews, is a wide receiver out of Vanderbilt, who got drafted by the Eagles. Oh, yeah. Oh, I think he's going to be a good player. Right? First of all, if anybody in the future gets drafted by the Eagles until Chip Kelly leaves, keep your eye on that guy. Because <laughs> that offense runs about 15 to 20 snaps more a game than any other offense in the NFL. They're trending towards passing. 
They've got an interesting situation coming up with Macklin, who I don't know if they're going to pay or not. And it seems to me that if you have any kind of talent at all, he can take over. Now, I liked Matthews. He needs a little bit more polish to his game right now. He's not an NFL-ready wide receiver as much as Watkins is, as much as Evans is, even as much as Cooks is. But he's got freaky. He's about 6'3". He's got freaky speed, freaky uh, all kinds of measures. He tested out, I believe, as the second or third strongest wide receiver, which is great. Uh, He's also known for kind of taking intermediate passes and turning him in on, like, bubble screens and stuff like that. And what do the Eagles do? I mean, that's pretty much they play. The Eagles kind of run their offense like they're playing basketball. The quarterback's kind of a point guard. They just give it to the guys and let them go down the court. So I, I kind of feel like Jordan Matthews fits that unbelievably well. And in two or three years, it would not shock me at all if he's the best wide receiver from this class. But he has he has a little bit of Larry Fitzgerald in him for me. He looks he looks his game is very similar to Larry. That's high praise. So yeah, I mean, in you know, Macklin's injured a lot. He could be a main red zone threat there because they really don't have. I mean, Riley Cooper isn't had a great year last year, but I mean, in, in terms of consistent red zone threats, they really don't. Yeah, I mean, just to, have just a great one so. Just to sum it up there with, with how I feel about him, I think he's a better long-term play. He's a better dynasty player, I think, than if you're redrafting. But, again, with everything right now, as it stands in May, late May, uh, you want to just keep your eye on it over camp because maybe Ed Macklin does get hurt. Or even any, any of the yeah, guys. I mean, it, you know, I mean, right now he, we're just assuming he's going to be the three, but, I mean, he could really start off as a four and then move in. But, you know, injuries injuries happen. Tight end injuries could happen, and he could be – maybe playing more three-wide sets, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I guess I'm up. Um, my first one I really like is Austin Safarian Jenkins. He was a tight end from Washington who is drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he's one of the other giants on that team. He's about six, five, six, six, maybe even six, seven. I don't remember. He, he was, he was, he's a, I don't have his exact height, but he was, he's a giant. He's a big guy. And the thing I like about him and not really for fantasy, but to get him on the field more is he's a decent blocker. Unlike Eric Ebron. So I think he will play more. I mean, the other guy they have really is Eric Wright as a tight end who and Brandon Myers who Brandon Myers didn't do anything last year for the Giants. So I don't really hold him in very high regard. Tim Wright made some plays, but he's really the third tight end right now. This guy in the red zone. I mean, he could have 10 touchdowns as a rookie. It's possible. Yeah. Depending on how Mike Evans plays out. I mean, Mike Evans, these two guys can actually cut into each other's playing time, but I think he has good potential. Ebron might catch more passes. I think Jenkins is a better red zone target. And I think he's going to have uh, more touchdowns this year. I mean, if he had been put in a situation like, so Ebron is the tight end out of North Carolina that got drafted by the Lions. Uh, fairly, very high, uh, absurdly high. Um, that's kind of like the best opportunity, and he's a decent tight end. But I feel like had Jenkins gone somewhere like that, had Jenkins gone to Detroit, I would have had him – he might be my one one in dynasty drafts and it's not absurd with the scarcity of productive tight ends in the nfl for fantasy purposes you have to put a premium on them and jenkins could be the next great one now that's you know that's a lot of speculation he had a lot of like late injuries coming into the combine and stuff like that but sometimes you got to roll the dice on these guys i'm not thrilled that he landed in tampa bay because i do feel like they're still lurking for their long-term quarterback answer but he will get a chance to play and we're going to see what he can do. So if you're in your dynasty draft and you're drafting in the back quarter, say you have a 12 team league and you're at the nine, 10, 11, 12 and Jenkins is there and Ebron is there. 
Jenkins. What do you do? I'm taking Jenkins. Jenkins. I'm taking the long-term play, and I'll take him as high as 1.8 or 1.7, really, mm-hmm. uh, because I believe in him that much. Now, Ebron is a different thing. Ebron, is, Ebron would be a need pick if you were a dynasty team that was strapped at tight end. Right. And you needed, like, immediate production because I do feel Ebron might even win the 2014 stat war. You might go with him. But I, I, feel, I feel like Jenkins is easily. I'm talking straight player. dynasty, yeah. yeah. I mean, redraft, I think Ebron would be the pick, but. And uh, my other was Andre Williams, running back from Boston College, who was drafted by the New York Giants. Now, that situation is very muddled, and I wrote about it in, like, it, on, on the blog, artiscore.wordpress.com. Now, I mean, we have Rashad Jennings in front of him, who was a free agent pickup from the Raiders, who had five good games. <laughs> he was injured a lot in Jacksonville. He was injured, you know, he, he's never carried the load. So there's a concern there. We have... David Wilson, who's come back from a neck injury, and he fumbles a lot in front of him. And then we have Peyton Hillis, who's on his last legs. Who wasn't even in in the team last year, for that matter. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he he got picked up midway through the season or 10 games into the season, and, you know, which is lumbering along. But, I mean, you know, say what you want about their offensive line. It's not great. Yeah, I get it. But he could easily be one of those rookies that the second half of the year really picks up and has, you know – a couple hundred yard games, you know, a couple, maybe even 20 point fantasy games for you along the end. I mean, depending on, you know, how the season goes and how everything else, but I, I really like his, the position of where he is right now. Cause I don't believe in any of the other backs, especially David Wilson. Tim can, Tim can speak to David Wilson. Yes. Yes. I got to pick them off the scrap heap. It was a throw in, you know, I, yeah. I, I hope he does something. I mean, if anything, he'll be, uh, you know, might get, 10 touches if he's if he's lucky if his freaking head doesn't fall off in the middle of you know a game or something like that so rolls around in the helmet (laughs) well i'll tell you the one thing that the one thing that might keep wilson in the giants plans other than his speed is the the only concern that i have about andre williams is the pass catching yeah the giants now i don't know the giants have since got a new offensive coordinator they say they're recommitting to the run but in the last two or three seasons, the Giants, whether it was out of necessity with a bad offensive line or whether it was out of a scheme philosophy, have continued every year to move away from the run. And the way that they get their running backs involved more and more is through the passing game. And Andre Williams has no uh, track record of catching the football. So, he has hands like Lake Seastrunk. <laughs> yeah. Who supposedly has good hands, although I don't buy that. That's a fraud. That's a little Baylor inside joke. But uh, I think... Andre Williams will see touches regardless of his ability to catch the ball because I do think the Giants will attempt to reestablish themselves as a running team. And he's really, in my opinion, only got to beat out Peyton Hillis, which he's almost already done by being alive. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, I mean, I I could easily see a timeshare between Jennings and him to start off the season and then sprinkle Wilson in until he, one, is running with confidence and two, is holding on to the ball. I I, I mean, I almost think that, you know, Wilson will probably start on the pup, if anything. So, I mean, it's possible. Him, you know, if he can establish well, he, himself. Depends if he's practicing. I guess if you, if you start practicing by training camp, you can't be pupped. You have to yeah. be not playing. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how he goes. But um, next thing we really want to hit on are three veterans that could be in trouble next year, either through scheme changes, coaching changes, new players, just decline of play. Fort, what do you got? All right, let's tackle the big elephant in the room. The big elephant in the room ever since he decided to make his uh, public uh, boxing career, his post-football career uh, apparent to everyone, 
is Ray Rice. Uh, I, I don't think this is going to be – this is this, – see, these some of these picks that we're going to talk about, veterans that are going to drop off, you may actually be able to get a bargain if you're in a fantasy draft this year. Uh, but from a long-term play, these are kind of bad ideas, and maybe even in redrafts they'll be bad ideas if you take them too high. Ray Rice, to me, this is it for Ray Rice. You can consider 2014 Ray Rice's swan song. He had an awful year last year when I was worried about him being old. Yeah, older than it his, his uh, 27, his 28. Yeah. yeah. Um, forget the offseason trouble. I mean, the offseason trouble is part of it. The league probably will come down on him with a game or two suspension, possibly up to four. I doubt it. So three bill a month. Um, you had a situation last year where he couldn't produce. The guy behind him, Bernard Pierce, uh, is he also had an injury history last year that, that it kept him out, but he's more of the style of runner. Let's talk about what's going on with the team right now. Kubiak, Gary Kubiak comes in from the Texans, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to go to a one cut running system. Yeah. That's always what they do. That's they've had tremendous success. It's part of that Shanahan tree. They always find the running back. that will do the one cut. So they got Bernard Pierce much more fits that style than Ray Rice fits that style. Right. You want to talk about a team that is in transition right now. The Ravens are trying to get their passing attack more involved with the two tight ends. They're trying to take away traditionally all of Ray Rice's signature touches. They're not going to let him have the goal line stuff anymore. Not that he had much last year. They're not going to give him a lot of intermediate passes anymore, I don't think, because they're going to have two tight ends on the field a lot to do that with. So throw all that stuff on top of the domestic abuse charges, and that guy to me is a stay-away guy. Now, at a certain and the point, fact they drafted a running back in the right. draft. Yeah. Lorenzo uh, Telefero. Yeah. Who I also really like, but I think it's going to take that guy a couple of years to get going because he's <laughs> in, in he's true wrong. Raven spirits. He yeah. just got pulled over for DWI, I think, last week. So the so the running back that they drafted, but it, but the running back that they drafted fits the Bernard Pierce mold more than it fits the Ray Rice mold, which tells you the direction exactly. that they want to go exactly. in. And uh, I think, you know, at some point in a fantasy draft in in a, in a twenty fourteen redraft league. Ray Rice becomes a value, but what that value is, not for the first five rounds for me. I'm not touching that no, guy. No, <laughs> absolutely not. He's he's how the mighty have fallen. He's fallen. He's yeah, down. you figure. I mean, he was that he was that dual threat. You, you you can always count for him for you know 50 catches, you know, 200, 1200 yards. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and he last year, yeah, he just he fell off the face of the earth. It was it was. Well, bad. I mean, they had a terrible line last year too, and you know, it it, it was a confluence of issues but still i mean that guy was on the decline you know before his troubles last year you know and i mean sometimes we bury guys because of one bad season that may not have had a lot to do with them but last year had a lot to do with him and the organization itself is changing its entire offensive philosophy so those are two huge red flags for me Mm -hmm. so i would say buyer beware that guy is my number one guy to follow off the map um if i had to pick another guy in a slightly different vein uh, for slightly different reasons, I'll take Michael Crabtree uh, for, for San Francisco. Now, this is going to sound weird because Michael Crabtree hardly did anything last year because he was hurt for most of the season, uh, recovered from, I think it was ACL, right? No, no it was Achilles. Uh, Achilles. Achilles. Achilles, yeah. yeah. So the issue with Michael Crabtree isn't so much about his talent. It's not so much about uh, the scheme. It's about now the situation. He's got a crowded uh, – <laughs> The Niners, let's talk about the state of the Niners. The Niners have a very crucial year coming up in 2015. They're going to have a lot of contracts up on the defense and the offensive side of the football. They can't afford to keep all these guys. The other, the other day, I think it was uh, yesterday, uh, Vernon Davis came out and said he's holding out of camp. He wants a new yeah. contract, yeah. 
So how are you going to pay Vernon Davis, all these other guys Alden on the team? Alden Smith. Alden Smith. You just traded – this is the other thing. You just traded for Stevie Johnson. You're not in an offense, really, that employs, like, third looks. <laughs> so you've got you've got Stevie Johnson. You've got a guy like Quentin Patton, who we, we here at the Artist Score love Quentin Patton's upside. We don't ever know if he's going to see it <laughs> in that offense. But we like it. And you have Bolden, who will probably hang around for vet cheap. You know, he might be a cut as well. But I just can't see. This is based more on the fact that I think Michael Crabtree is not going to be in San Francisco in 2015 when his contract expires because I don't think the 49ers are making him a priority. And what tends to happen is you do get the guys who are playing for their contracts and they do have bumps, but you also get the guys who are in crowded situations who the team knows is not going to be there long term. And so they de-emphasize him as part of the plan because they want to see how life is going to be without Michael Crabtree. Or they want to see how the other guy does. And, right. you know, like, this is, you know, are we going to stick with Stevie Johnson or do we have to resign Michael Crabtree and we'll just move on from Stevie Johnson? You know what I mean? So, so from a dynasty perspective, Crabtree's value to me is fluctuating wildly right now, because if you believe that he gets picked up by a, a, a passing team in his next contract, then you're good. I mean, I, 2014, I don't know. I mean, I think he could be a little underrated too, because he didn't play much. He didn't have a lot of stats, but you have to be buyer beware of Michael Crabtree because I, I don't think he'll, He'll ever see it in San Francisco. The good news for him is he may not be in San Francisco. Tomorrow. I don't know. I, in 2014, in a redraft league, I don't think I would honestly take him in the first. You can't draft him as a wide receiver one. No, no. You, you got to be drafting as I, a I would, he'd be two a or a two, strong three, three. You know, I mean, in a dynasty, I would. I would you know, I'd take him in a second. You know, just because long term, I mean, he's a young guy. I think he's only what 25, 26 years old. Yeah, I believe it'll be 26. Yeah, I mean, he's not that old. He's got – he does have some upside. I mean, he has some injury history with his Achilles. But other than that, I mean, long-term, dynasty-wise, I don't I, I don't see a problem with taking him at all. I mean, he might be a guy you could buy cheap in dynasty, possibly. Especially if he is a down is. 2014. So, it, yeah. it's something, something to look at. And I think the, the other guy that I'll talk about, which is kind of interesting to us here, is uh, Jared Boykin who was kind of like one of last year's little darlings for the Packers. Uh, simply by default, Randall Cobb went down with injury. Cobb stepped up. He was supposed to be, uh, he was supposed to have a huge year. Uh, Boykin kind of stepped into that role and decided that he could take it. And, and he looked good. He looked good. But he didn't look amazing. <laughs> He's not a guy that a team needs to have in their long-term plan. So what did the Packers do? This is directly impacted by the draft. The Packers go out and pick up not one, not two, they drafted three wide receivers in this year's draft class. And why did they do that? Because Randall Cobb will be up for a contract. Jordy Nelson will be up for a contract soon. They need to start replacing these guys. Jared Boykin, I hate to break it to you guys who bought him cheap in Dynasty or got him off the waiver wire and think that he's the next big thing. Jared Boykin will be just another name on the list in a couple of seasons. He's not going to be anybody that's going to be worth long term because these guys that they drafted, uh, Devontae Adams, who has shows uh, great promise, uh, Jeff Janis, who's kind of like a more late roundy upside, hopefully he pans out kind of pick, and Jared Aberdeen. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean uh, Jared, Jared, Jared Boykin, I almost see him like the uh, um, Laurent Robinson of the Cowboys when he had that big year and yeah. got like 10, 12 yep. touchdowns. And then, you know, where is he now? He's on his couch. <laughs> yeah. He went to Jacksonville, Jacksonville, got hurt, and never came back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so. His receivers go to die, Tim. Jacksonville. <laughs> So know. if you own, we'll my advice would be if you own Boykin in the dynasty league, you try to sell him this year, you know, cause maybe he does start the year and maybe he has a good couple of weeks or whatever, but just know that long-term plan, he's fighting off a lot of competition. That's probably better than he is. And he's, I don't, 
you don't draft three wide receivers in the draft without thinking that immediately you're going to make some changes to your core. And the, again, some of that was to probably Randall uh, to remedy either the Randall Cobb or Jordy Nelson situation, contract situations. But well, they're I, only going to be able to sign one of them, right? So it's who they like, and I probably going to be Jordy Nelson. But I don't have any confidence that Boykin can beat out any of these draft no. picks in terms of hanging around for years. Well, I mean, I and, and if his, I don't know what his contract status is, but I mean, say, you know, he has a four-year deal, he's two years into it or three years into it. I mean. He's going to want to hit free agency. I don't think the Packers are going to hit him with a deal that's going to really blow his doors off. And he's going to be, you know, I want to stay here for the money because he'll probably get it somewhere else if he puts off decent, you know, puts up decent statistics for the next year. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. But I, I don't I don't think that's a surprise to anybody because last year he was kind of a surprise. So I don't think it's any any shock to fantasy owners that he's no, not kind not of a flash all. in the pan. No. And those would kind of be my big three, I think. Tim? The Ben Jarvis Green Ellis, as they call him, the law firm. That guy is falling off the face of the earth. I, I even last year he did. I think he had three point or three point five yards per average. I mean, yeah, Giovanni Bernard. I, I thought, you know, I I, I thought Giovanni Bernard was was going to be as good as he was, um, and he. In, in the um, OTAs, Giovanni Bernard got first-team reps, and the uh, rookie that they drafted, Jeremy Hill, was running second, so that doesn't bode well for Ben Jarvis Greenells. Plus, he's slow. He's a yeah. one-cut. He's he's basically, you know, I would usually say three yards in a cloud of dust. He's about two. Yeah, he's <laughs> just, I mean... I mean, I liked him when he was with the Patriots. It was a great story, you know, undrafted out of, you know, uh, Mississippi. But, you know, he, he's done. And, and he's, the thing is. Yeah, you can't even – dynasty-wise, he, he's undraftable. Redraft, he's uh, – I, I would say he's undraftable. Honestly, he. I think he's just – he's, he's and gone. The, and the thing with third running backs, if he – third running backs need to play special teams in some capacity, whether they're gunners or just, you know, going down there and – I can't see that guy playing special teams. No, he's slow. So unless they carry four actual running backs and only one fullback, which is possible, I could see him being, you know, easily be a cut or someone, you know, someone them trying to trade him for a conditional seventh round pick in the off season just to, you know, get something for him Uh, for a team who has injuries. I mean, he could be a cut. I think he'll be a cut. I mean, you don't pay two point five million dollars for a third for a third running back or or even a a lot of for that matter. We're doing a lot of assumptive thinking here, and one of the things that I find about BJE is that he's another guy that you raise to bury, and he just kind of hangs around. I, the thing about Jeremy Hill, <laughs> which everybody seems to forget, this guy is not the second coming of Adrian Peterson. He's okay. So I don't know that the okay guy, even if he's getting second reps in camp because they want to look at him, is going to pick up the pass blocking right away. I don't know that the okay guy is going to be versatile enough to do what they need him to do in short yardage situations. That's fair. And for a contending team like the Bengals, they may not be all in on that preposition in this coming year, in this 2014. So maybe that's why they keep the four running backs and the one yeah. fullback. That's what I'm yeah. saying. That's very I, 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 who's there, who's I, I think f- there's a good possibility that they keep. Who's Orson the- Charles is their fullback right now? There, okay. He's like a move tight end. They is don't it, use like a – Well, yeah, it's like H-back kind of fullback. Yeah. Well, that's that could be changing too because it's no longer Gruden's system. Yeah, Jay Gruden's system. It's uh, mm. Hugh Jackson. Huge action Hugh Jackson. Jackson. Action so I would Jackson. say I would say yes – I would say, yeah, you're right, Tim. I, I think he's definitely trending down. Uh, 
for dynasty, you probably don't want him unless you you need depth. Like I have him on my team because I need something. But uh, 2014, he might be a bargain pick. You have to see how the camp goes. If he if if uh, Jeremy Hill doesn't beat him out, he's worth something because uh, Geo doesn't get all the big carries there. No, what but if I... Geo gets hurt, or Geo gets hurt, or Geo fumbles the ball, or people realize that Geo is. True. 3.5 yard to carry back too. I mean, like they're all 3.5 yard to carry backs in Cincinnati. So, yeah, but I, I know. Mean, good luck. But I mean, you, that's <laughs> something you put you pick off the scrap heap. You know, after after you, everyone's drafted and all that stuff. I mean, it's not. I don't know if you've been in leagues with us, but we've had some pretty strange players well, drafted we've... in fifteenth. <laughs> Fair enough. The other guy I have, right. you got, is Sean Green. I this this guy uh, I hated him when he was with the Jets. He had that one good year, and everyone was like, "Oh, he, you know, he's fantastic. He's a game breaker. Give me a break." Guy's a freaking bum. He was when he got drafted on aisle. I can't stand him. But that's no my Patriots. Yeah, no, but he, I mean, he, he's I mean he's coming off knee injuries. I mean he couldn't he couldn't even get carries when Chris Johnson was terrible, and Chris Johnson was terrible. I mean, he's done nothing. I, I mean, yeah. You draft him late and, you know, uh, behind uh, Sankey, if Sankey is the back. Um, yeah, you might want to handcuff him late, but, I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't. The but, good news is you shouldn't have a lot of competition for Sean Green if that's who you're targeting as your back no. in the draft. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, you could probably get him in the 18th round and be totally cool with it. But, you know, Unless he's slow. He's not a game-breaker. I mean, I, uh, he's he's better than Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis. I mean, that doesn't say yeah, much. I mean, but, I, I he's mean, definitely at a crossroads in his career. He, I mean, I think he didn't he do better than BJE last year. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Compare the stats. But, I mean, he's definitely at a crossroads. He has to do something this year, I think, or he might not play football i mean he's getting paid no, a ton of money too he's getting paid like three and a half four million dollars a year i mean that's that's yeah, a lot so, of money i mean, they're, they're, but, I, mean I think they'll good, use him but i mean he's in a good situation though so i i, I will give him that with being you know having a, a bunch of rookies in front of him you know and not much he has else. to make it happen this year yeah he has to make it happen yeah. this year and and in a lot of it it could have been like you said before the offensive line wasn't that good for the titans last year too so you know they shorted up with it in the draft taking uh uh, what's his name? Tyler Lewin, Lowen, Le- 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 whatever the hell his name is. Lewin, yeah. And uh, you know, it, it might be. Uh, uh, you know, I could be wrong. Probably am. I did take Isaiah Pede, so in my dynasty <laughs> draft. So, <laughs> enough said. And who's your last one? My got- last one is, and this hurts me to say this, Damian Amendola. Does it really hurt you though? I mean, he's not like a patriot. Patriot. He's just kind of like a patriot. No, he's a patriot. But <laughs> God, this guy watching him last year pisses me off. It's just he's not. I mean, do, do you cringe every time he gets hit and thinks he's he's gonna get yeah, hurt? Yeah, because I I'm like I just don't like when he gets tackled. I'm like he's he's not gonna get up this time. Yeah, it's like you, you know when. You, in the movies, you see someone get sprayed with liquid nitrogen, and he just like just every person just like shatters into a thousand. <laughs> that, that, I mean, that's that's what I picture when I see him, and I and you know he'll make some crossing routes and stuff like that, like Welker used to do. But yeah, the guy is made out of glass. I mean, I, I, I think he could be if, if he stayed healthy. I think he could be good, but. I mean, you got to have I mean, there's a, a lot, lot of competition of young guys. there. There is. I mean, you yeah. have Brandon LaFell, which you know he drops a lot of balls, but 
I mean, he's fairly durable, big guy. You have Julian Edelman, Aaron Dobson, Josh Boyce, plus you also have Gronkowski and Tompkins. Michael Humanawanui. Kembrell Tompkins. Yeah, but yeah, I think Kembrell Tompkins there. was garbage. Yeah, I mean, you know, the key I mean, there I is mean, the fact that they resigned Edelman. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. Because that tells you what they think about Amendola. If they, oh, absolutely. If they believed in Amendola, Edelman would be out the door. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. absolutely. I mean, I mean, Edelman caught 100 balls last year. I mean, he proved himself as being. He a, was Amendola. Yeah. He yeah. was what Amendola was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And plus, so I the, think you already have an Amendola on that team. Yeah. And he returns to Yeah. And plus, too, they were, there was talk about um, them adding Dustin Keller as a tight end, too. So, I mean, that's going to cut into touches and stuff. I mean, could you draft him? I would, I would draft him late. I mean, you saw him last year. I mean, consistently getting hurt. I mean, he he can make plays, and but he, does, just, he has a, he has such an he has such an undefined role right now. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to monitor him throughout the off season and really see where he goes. You know, is he a slot guy? Is he an X? Is he a Y? I mean, it's just he's all over the place, but he's not good at any of them. So. Agreed. Big, a big screw you, Amendola. <laughs> um, now, the uh, first one for me is uh, Frank Gore. Now, listen, I know people are going to be like, oh, my God, you can't say Frank Gore. Listen, he's almost 30. Almost doesn't count. Carlos Hyde, Lattimore, Kendall Hunter, well, Michael James, all looking to cut into him. He starts to get hurt a little bit. Eventually, they're going to start weaning it away from Frank Gore. Now, Frank Gore still could be a running back number one sell, this sell, year. He sell. could produce like that one, but I don't think you could go in drafting him as a running back number one. If he's your first string running back in fantasy in a redraft league, you're in trouble. <laughs> he's a number two, and he might be uh, number two depending on how it really shakes out this offseason. So he's trending downward. I don't think he's done, but I think it's a possibility he could be an 800-yard seven touchdown back this year. Sell high. I think it's a very real possibility. I think it's a very real possibility. He could go up to 1200 yards and 10 touchdowns. That's possible too, but good. Sell him. He's a guy I would worry about drafting unless you get him in the right spot. Yeah. I mean, here's another guy who kind of like that whole team. We seem to be talking about like Bolden. These are guys that you rush in fantasy to bury and somehow they still stick around. They still, would- <laughs> I would, I would fully expect Gore to get 10 touchdowns. I would fully expect him to crack a thousand yards, but, when you look at where the Niners are, this is kind of like ties into the thing about Crabtree. When you look at where they are and the backs now that, that, that they've drafted, Gore's contract situation is a 2015er, I believe, or 2016, but 2015 is voidable or something like that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like that, yeah. Frank Gore's shelf life on this team is running out. This is like the last full season because I think in 2015, even if he's on the team, I think at that point they're going to actively start to phase him if they don't start phasing him this Well, year. I mean, that's why you drafted Carlos Hyde. I mean, whether – I mean – 49ers are famous for sitting a rookie for an entire year and kind of redshirting him. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe they do that with Carl Hyde. Maybe they don't. I don't know. But I, I think Frank Gore's days are numbered as a number one running back in fantasy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. But I think he's I think he's a very useful player. I just would like to see how they transition him out. Because for San Francisco, it's almost like a, they owe this guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, they owe him a lot. He helped define that franchise through some not-so-good years. Oh, yeah. I believe they'll try to be some gentle with him and give him every shot, but I don't think that rope is too much longer. Agreed. Um, another guy I wanted to talk about who <laughs> is pretty much buried, but I just want to put the final shovel of dirt on this, is uh, Daniel Thomas, the <laughs> running back from Miami. 
Now, they brought in Sean Marino, who's running with the ones, and he's going to be the starter. And Lamar Miller most likely is going to be the, you know, the third down change of pace back. I, I, I don't even know if this guy gets 75 carries for the season if he even makes the roster. I mean, they have Mike Gillespie, Damian Williams, nothing great, but who knows, maybe an undrafted free agent they pick they, up. Well, they like something. Gillespie. They do. Course, I know they so. do. Daniel Thomas, he's you know, just I, a big lumbering. I mean, he, he has no special. No, talent. he has no explosion. No, he has no explosion. He's just kind of like a, a big, you know, just an average guy, you know. And the league doesn't, you don't last if you're just a guy, especially as a running back. I mean, you have to have some unique quality. He's and he doesn't play any special teams or anything. So it's, yeah, three yards in a cloud of yeah. dust. He's like BJE. Yeah, but he's about younger. seven years younger, <laughs> <laughs> fair, which isn't good. Far less accomplished. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> And my final one is Arian Foster. And I know everybody's going to go, oh, my God, what are you saying, Arian Foster? All right, listen. What are you saying? There's a lot of things happening here. All right, they changed their offensive scheme. We don't know. He's not – they're not going to – we don't know what scheme they're running. Are they going to run the zone scheme? He was one of the best people I've ever seen running the zone scheme. It was like water. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he had, him and the lineman had it timed up perfectly. It was awesome. It was, like, really great to watch. I don't know if they're running that. I don't know what they're running down with the – Bill O'Brien. And not only that, you have Andre Brown that they brought in. Yeah, from the Giants. You know, right, the running back from the Giants. And, you know, they let Ben Tate go, so he kind of takes his spot. He gets injured. I mean, they drafted uh, Alfred Blue, too, another running back out of LSU, who gets hurt a lot, but he's actually a pretty good running back. I, I – because I don't know the scheme and because Arian Foster is 29 to 30, it worries me. That always, that's always a red flag for me in redraft. Does it, now, does it worry you long-term or is it more short-term? Short-term, it really doesn't short-term. bother me. Long-term, it does. But uh, short-term... Maybe. The, it depends. I mean, it depends you, this year. But if you look at their, at their depth chart, I mean, Andre Brown, what the hell did he do in the Giants? Nothing. I mean, no one else did anything on that on that team. I mean, Alfred Blue. And Andre Brown has an injury history as well. Oh, it's yeah. But they bad. have, you know, Dennis, Dennis Johnson, Jonathan Grimes. I mean, whether they like him or not, but he's not a 1,500-yard back anymore. It's I, not going to happen. I mean, his, his days of being the elite top five running back are over. I mean, he's you think? a low number one, number two, trending downward. Yeah, I mean, I think the great unknown in this is the Bill O'Brien thing. Now, positive report, uh, camps are always positive, which is why, uh, like I said about Jeremy Hill. Yeah. Uh, Andre Ellington's going to get 50 carries a game. Yeah, he's yeah. Gonna <laughs> be a I mean, the reports out of out of the camp have been extremely positive on Foster uh, to the to the point where they said, you know, they're going to run, they're going to run them, they're going to run them, they're going to run them, which harkens me back to the. Comments coming out of the Buffalo's camp last year where they're going to run C.J. Spiller, run C.J. Spiller, run C.J. Spiller, and they didn't do it. But, I mean, to your point, yes. Long term, he's, he's starting to get the shelf life of a back with about two years left of starter quality. And, uh, you know, he's not going to get the combined yards anymore, I don't think, because he's not going to get 30 carries a game anymore. I don't think that's going to be part of a Bill O'Brien scheme is to get his running back or, or to get one running back 30 carries. Um yeah, I mean, to me, like, I think we said this before the, on our draft podcast when we were trying to size up the draft. The Texans, to me, I I don't know that anybody can sit there and say with a confident face what their offense is going to look like. No one knows. nobody knows, no one knows. what Bill O'Brien is going to do 
So for the uncertainty plus the age plus the recent injury history, he's definitely on a downward spiral. Now, I think he gets a little longer leash than this year. And, and kind of like to the point with uh, that we were talking about earlier, he might have uh, with Gore, he might have some built up equity. Because oh, yeah. He, no, I mean, I think he gets all the chances in the world. But, you know, when these running backs hit that age, they hit the wall and they hit yeah. it hard. I mean, you know, I look at, you know, Sean Alexander in 2006. I mean, the guy gets hurt and, you know, he, the tiptoe burglar, tiptoe burglar. <laughs> but I mean, he, you know, he was, you know, he was gone two years later. He had the MVP season. And then two years later, you know, he's cut. Mm-hmm. So it's the life of the running back. Yeah. So I, I'm just saying it comes fast and it comes hard and they drop off a cliff. You got priest Holmes, Larry Johnson. Yeah. Larry Johnson. He's another one. <laughs> I mean, he had the 416 carries and never was the same that year. Um, so last, to finish off the podcast, we wanted to go um, a couple under-the-radar guys, new draft guys that are, you know, guys I'm, you know are, are known, but they might be slipping under the radar a little bit in terms of either uh, dynasty or redraft and, you know, what you think of them and, you know, in terms of where they're going to be drafted and where you think they should be drafted. And, uh, Tim, who are your first two? Your right. only two. My only two, uh, Storm Johnson and Devontae Freeman, which I, I, so you got I think the two uh, running backs, two running backs, Storm Johnson's interesting in Jacksonville. Um, they have, um, I completely just blanked out. What's his name? Toby Gerhardt. Toby Gerhardt <laughs> out of Stanford. Toby. Run, Toby. Run. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh. You know, they, they say, you know, he's going to be the workhorse back and stuff. But, I mean, they really don't have anything else. I mean, I think they have Jordan Todman behind, I mean, behind Storm. Denard Robinson. Denard, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I that's all that. I have to say about that. Position um, changes work awesome in the NFL. Yeah, that works out well. Um, but Storm Johnson, I think he's a, he's got a lot of potential. He's a, you know, he's a, a, a bigger back. He's he's pretty quick. I, I just think he works into that works into that scheme because especially the, especially, very well. especially this year the with the quarterback situation with them supposedly sitting Blake Bortles until Chad Henney gets hurt and falls and does absolutely terrible and Shad Khan's like put him in it's very possible i mean you know i mean the thing with this Jacksonville team is there's going to be a point in the season where they know they're out of it they're going to I run mean, i think there'll be a decent yeah, no, I mean they're a decent team. So at some point during the season, they're gonna the coaches are gonna get together and be like, we're gonna see what we got here. And we gotta start, you know, seeing Storm Johnson and maybe even Denard Robinson or whoever else is there at the time. It's gonna happen. Yeah. Can I say two things about this this guy? Oh, here we go. <laughs> one Mr. Negative. One is that negative Nancy. One is that it's a huge shock to me that Tim Brown is talking about a Jacksonville Jaguar <laughs> player on a podcast. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to do one goddamn podcast. There are 32 teams in the NFL. We've probably gone about six podcasts without mentioning 10 of them. And yet every freaking podcast, we get one guy from Jacksonville at least. Well, I mean, they've been, they've been drafted good. Last last year, they did they drafted great. This year, don't get me started. Second. They're Redskins. Second. This guy got drafted because his name is Storm Johnson. If his name was Bill Williamson. <laughs> He's not getting drafted. He's an okay running back. He's a, he's a he's a U he's a UDFA talent. But Storm Johnson, it's like the quiz. It's like when Jack was Rogers. If that guy's name was oh, Jack, stop. if that guy's name was Jack, uh, I don't know, Lero, he wouldn't get freaking. <laughs> he wouldn't get drafted. 
I'm telling you're you, insane. this is like, like, like saying, talking. let's give it to Storm Johnson, Storm is, Johnson in Jacksonville. This is crazy talk. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure all, all the uh, all the uh, analytical Watch guys Jordan's in Jacksonville. beat this guy out. You know on what? The record. I'm going on the record with that. I went on weather.com early and I saw storms <laughs> in Jacksonville. <laughs> that was terrible. stupid. All right, Tim, who's your funny. other guy? Devontae Freeman, right. running back. Devontae Freeman. Yeah, we talked about for Devontae the a little for bit the Falcons on the site. Um. So you're saying you're to, not into Stephen Jackson. Jackson? No, Stephen Jackson is done. I mean, forty might think. Oh, really? Different. <laughs> <laughs> that I guy mean, is... he looked old oh, last year. Wow. I mean, he, yeah, and he's hurt too. Yeah, you know, that's his other thing. You know, I mean, I love that guy. I mean, I do too. He, he's a big dude. When he was in St. Louis, I just I and I wanted the Patriots awesome. to draft him so bad, and he went to the Rams, and it was just sad. But he was just. Oh, I'd love to watch him. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Devontae Femer has a great has a great opportunity here. I mean, you got like I said, you got Jacquez Rogers, who when he when had it when he had the chance, he did nothing with it. Um, I don't think Jason Snelling's even on the team anymore. No, he retired, and then they still have uh, what's his face, uh, Antoine Smith. Yeah. Awesome. Anton Antoine Smith. <laughs> Antone, Antone yeah. is, Antone. Is, is awesome. He's an awesome football player. Yeah. They're never going to give him the ball, but he's awesome. Yeah, no, he, he's, he's, he's like, so like good. I said, he's honestly, so good. He he's probably one teams. of their best backs last year. I mean, he's so he good. He's been on five teams team. in the last two years. I don't think so. Either, that, either way, no. Freeman does have a great opportunity there in Atlanta, especially if yeah. they start rebuilding that offense. And then, and, the, and the kind of the nice know. thing about him, he's got good size, and he catches out of the backfield too, which I think will help Matt Ryan because he hasn't really had that yeah i mean michael I mean, right, until uh you know michael turner michael turner was pretty good catching out of the backfield but that i mean that was the last guy and that was what two years ago three years yeah three they, years they ago, didn't even use the running backs all that much you know i mean term because they always you know check down to tony gonzalez and things like that so yeah I mean, well he's not there you anymore, replace so that yeah you gotta even, replace that even exactly, more opportunity so. so michael all right well uh i don't know if i can follow up that <laughs> but I got I got guys who are really under the radar. We mock what we don't be. understand, Forty. We while these while Storm Johnson burns his way through the league and into the bench, uh, these guys might not even get off the bench for a couple <laughs> of years. But when they do, oh, yeah. they'll be quality football players. I think these guys are actually under the radar guys. Uh, Tyler Gaffney, who was uh, drafted out of Stanford by the wonderful Panthers, is kind of the uh, epitome of landing in the wrong spot for him short term. Because he gets put behind two guys that are going to run the ball until their legs fall off, and they do usually well, every year. I don't year. know. <laughs> they and, really haven't run and, that much. And uh, Cam Newton, who, like we referenced earlier, is vultures every short yard. touchdown imaginable. But the good news for Tyler Gaffney is that he is a big back. He fits what they want to do in terms of size. Uh, I think he's about he's about six feet. He's five eleven or something like that. Two hundred and twelve, two hundred fourteen pounds. He runs a five four, uh, no five yeah four five <laughs> five four. Five, four. <laughs> he's a quick a four, one. Five, uh, he runs he runs a four five four or uh, a four five five somewhere in that neighborhood. And the great thing about him, the interesting thing I should say about him, is that he really only put it together for one season in college, which was mm-hmm. last year. And in between that, he got so fed up with football that he left to go pitch <laughs> in college baseball. And he was a great, like, two-sport athlete. I love these guys. I love these, like, two-sport guys who, like, have all the kind of measurables that you want. I think he's really underrated. And yet does I, nothing I think, with unfortunately, them. I think, unfortunately, he got 
caught in the wrong situation for him for 2014 and possibly 2015. But if he shows them something in camp, you could be looking at the dark horse for their starting 2016 running back here. I mean, this guy, I really believe, I really believe he was the second or third best big running back in the draft. He it was very underrated. I was hoping to hell that somebody with a more immediate opening would take him, but this is what you got to do. And no, but I mean, when you're drafting long. a guy that late, most of the time, I mean, he's gonna he's gonna sit. I mean, there's very few Alfred Morris's that you know six round guys who start and run for fourteen hundred mm-hmm. yards. I mean, that just doesn't happen very often. I mean, listen, I mean, D'Angelo Williams, twenty nine, yeah, gets dinged up. You got Jonathan Stewart gets dinged up. <laughs> Yeah, but, but the fact that all they don't, the time, and then they don't run the ball. On top of that, yeah, they don't give him the ball <laughs> enough. I mean, you know, it's it's like I was saying there. I mean, you know, <laughs> that's I, a team in a redraft league. I want to stay away from almost every player on that yeah. team. Like it, it, the team just worries me as offensively. You know, it has no real so, identity. It's just kind of a mishmash of talent that doesn't really work mesh well together. <laughs> yeah, it's like let's collect talent and they... not use it. Yeah, and I'm hoping that they – Sounds like the Raiders. You know, like their line – like, yeah, again, their line is in bad shape. So I'm hoping – this is a long-term play. I'm hoping in two years that he rises through that depth chart and that they figure out their offensive line, and then I think you got something. So where would you – like, if we're doing a dynasty draft and he's there in the third round and you're in the third round, you take him third or you wait till maybe the fourth round? I'm taking him him third round because I like him. And I don't think I can wait, and because of because of the premiums on running backs, yeah. Yeah. I don't think you can wait if you like this guy. If you if you're relatively set at running back, and you don't think you need you want to do a long term play, let's put it this way: I put his chances of success in the NFL at fifty percent, but I put those chances at fifty percent because of opportunity, not because I doubt whether he has talent. Or not. I think some some backs that were more less way less talented, like the two that Tim mentioned, got drafted into much better situations. For their yeah, but sometimes time. you know it's you know. It's not always about the talent. Right. That's what I mean about this. Yeah. So, and then my other guy is along the same path. Uh, he's another deep, <laughs> deep guy. Uh, he's a wide receiver, Michael uh, Campanero. Campanero, who played for Wake Forest and actually tore it up. as a he's, a he's a great combination of possession and speed. He's not a blazing guy, but he, he's got good size and he's got great hands. I mean, he has fantastic catching hands. And he's got amazing. good size. He's 5'9". Yeah, he's a good sized guy. He's strong. He's got like, have you seen this guy? He's Jack. For like the, the thing is with Wizard him, of Oz to be a Oompa Loompa or something. <laughs> the thing is, he's got the. He was the third or fourth strongest receiver of the small wide, wide receivers. He's got. He's jacked. He's not Brandon Cooks jacked. Like Steve Smith jacked. jacked. Yeah, I guess Steve Smith. Which brings me to the point. He's uh, He got drafted unfortunately by the Ravens which means he's not going to be able to break any realistic starting lineup in 2014 because they just traded for Steve Smith. They're still working out Torrey Smith, who is possibly the best <laughs> for his size, pound for pound. Torrey Smith's probably the best wide receiver in the NFL from a physical perspective. And they have to incorporate the new Kubiak scheme with the two tight ends and all this other stuff. So uh, he's another long play, but I, he's going to make the team. I think in uh, two, two seasons, you might be looking at Baltimore's two. Would, would, wow, who, you think that? Wow, well, that's who, high praise. I think he's. I think he's got no obstacles there. I think Steve Smith is. You know, if Steve Smith gives you two more seasons, you, you sign on that for for Baltimore, and then you're going to look at a guy. I think the whole time in, in Campanero is going to work his way into the lineup as pretty much jack of all trades wide receiver, kind of like an Edelman or a one of the 
of those guys who's just going to hang out and catch all the short balls and turn them into yeah i could see him 12 yard games. i could see him being yeah. one of those guys more than being a, a starter just being five nine it's it's rare that you have a five guy nine on the outside who but if you run slot that. all the time which they well, might for him that's very possible mm-hmm. i think he's a long he's definitely a long-term play if you're if you're drafting him in redraft then something crazy happened this summer and he's on the radar which would be good for him but you're probably not drafting him in redraft no, leagues no, in, in no, dynasty no. leagues right now if you're going to dynasty draft soon you can wait you know, the wide receiver class is deep this year. You can you can make this guy a very late round pick, or you could try to see if he winds up on waivers because I don't, I don't think he's going to do much in 2014. So, but those are my guys. They're they're definitely under the radar. I'm telling you, give me two three seasons, and you're going to start to see returns on those guys. All right, my guys. First one, Jimmy White, James White, uh, running back from uh, Wisconsin. I know 40 really doesn't like him, but I like this guy a good bunch, and I also like his situation so i mean he's in new england mm-hmm. right garrett bunt leaves so he kind of moves in i mean they're not the same running back at all garrett bunt was a big you know lumbering back but look at look at what happens i mean you have shane vereen who doesn't necessarily play the traditional running back role he moves all over the place and he gets hurt we have steven ridley who fumbles a lot he gets hurt <laughs> a lot he gets fumbled well and, and that, that's a problem i mean you can't fumble and and his con- both their contracts are up. The only other person on the roster, what, Brandon Bolden, right? Well, they also have Stephen Houston who they drafted. But that's Stephen Houston, right? Who I like better. But I right. see, I, I, I don't at all. I think James White could end up being the starter by the end of the season. No way. Absolutely. <laughs> no chance in hell. He can block. He can catch. He can do it all. He doesn't fumble. I really like this fit. I think this is like, no. I, I, I know, I know, we totally disagree on this, but this guy, I think. It's everything that Patriots want to do. And moving forward, he could be – he's probably a running back three, assuming that Vereen and or Ridley, one of them doesn't come back. He's a running back two, and he's a running back three in redraft leagues moving forward after this year, 2015 beyond. Yeah, I mean – you want to take this one Patriots fan? <clears throat> no, I mean, there's no other running backs on the roster after this year. None. Other than the rookies. Um, whether yeah, they, no, right, no. I mean, Stephen Ridley, the guy's immensely talented. Uh, he's got a fumbling problem. That's a big problem in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, um, it's terrible. Shane Vereen gets hurt all the time. I mean, he, he's a fantastic talent. He can catch the ball. I mean, he's a dynamic player, but he gets hurt all the time. I mean, when you have two players with great talent, but they have these these things that Warts. you, yeah, I mean that I mean that's a problem. Plus, you got the contract too, so I'm sure one of those guys will be back, depending on you Absolutely. know. If, yeah, it's if, just I I think that's going to be Vereen. I mean, honestly, I I, I kind of think so too. I mean, I, I I really like Ridley, and not just because he's on my dynasty team, although that does factor into it. Um, I, I do like really, I, I kind of like those, those bigger backs. I like watching him I, when he goes past that line. He's got that burst that, that we ha- that the Patriots fans haven't seen in a long time since, you know, Corey Dillon was there is his, his first year. So, I mean, it, it was, and that's a long time ago. So it is kind of I mean, nice and refreshing, you know, between Shane Vereen and Ridley. Um, well, I mean, it's wait and see. I mean, he's in, like I said, he's in a good situation. Fit more what they want to do. Like, wouldn't you want a back going forward that's more like Shane Marine than a back that's more like Stephen Ridley? Well, I don't know. I think it depends on what they want to do offensively. I mean, it, I don't think you're going to turn it over as long as Tom Brady's there. I don't think they're going to turn into a 
that's the other thing about the situation is the Patriots running back situation for fantasy purposes is a goddamn nightmare. Anyways, it's like the old Shanahan backfield. Yeah, it's, right. It is. You know, this like, year, this year, I no. I mean, yeah. James White. No, I mean, he's he's probably long term. You know, you take a flyer on him in round twenty or something at this point. But I really like him in Dynasty. I really like him in Dynasty. I mean, I would take him in the second round at middle middle ten to the second round. Really? Well. Um, yeah, no, I probably would. Hmm. He's going to get the opportunity. He's... <laughs> you watch. Steven Mark Houston. my words. I mean, I, I, like the the, other I, one I, I mean, I like the other running back, Stephen Houston. That's there. what I said. Stephen Houston is awesome. Yeah. So. I don't know if he's going to get the chance because he wasn't drafted as high. But... No, he's, he's... Oh, Ben Jarvis Green Ellis. Hey. Practice squad. Um, the other guy I really like, um, under not super under the radar was uh Devin Street, wide receiver uh, out of Pittsburgh. He's on the Cowboys. I mean, look, you got the Cowboys, you have Des Bryant, and then you have Terrence Williams. And that's really all you have. I mean, he doesn't face a ton of, you know, competition moving forward trying to go in there. Now I know he was I think he was a fifth round pick, I believe. I don't have it in front of me right now, but I believe he was a fifth round pick. I mean if you look at the roster, I mean, you got Cole Beasley, slot guy, Dwayne Harris. Do you believe in Dwayne Harris? I mean, he's a good <laughs> the sheriff. He's a great returner and all that. But I mean, as a wide receiver, he hasn't really shown anything. I mean, I think Devin Street can move in. Is he going to be Keenan Allen? Probably not this year. But moving forward with him in a dynasty league, I think he shows a lot of value. And I think you can get him relatively late and the draft because it's such a deep wide receiver draft. Yeah. And I, to the point about Terrence Williams is it's really kind of interesting how he developed that chemistry with Romo very quickly. Terrence Williams is not a guy that you look at and say, wow, that guy is an NFL wide receiver. He's, he's a guy, he's just a guy that really played his ass off and his credit really bonded with Romo. But that's not to say that that guy cemented that <laughs> position by any means. Like no, no, no. he's, he's not- a second year player. I mean, yeah, how many how many guys had great rookie years and then flamed out? I mean, it's it's entirely possible. Like Laurent Robinson for the Cowboys, as Tim brought up earlier. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he only caught forty four balls. Yeah, turns yeah. Out, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's but not... I think it was a revelation for fan- fantasy owners. I think overflated his production because we expected nothing from him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Coming in, so I mean, you have a situation where Devin Street is a reasonably talented wide receiver, probably great value for the the Cowboys. To say this out loud, actually had a, a decent draft. They had a pretty good draft. They did. They did. And they picked up value here. And I, I, I think he's going to be part of their plans. And I'm interested to see, like you said, he should beat out everybody else but Terrence Williams easily. And he might beat out Terrence Williams. This year, he's probably a wide receiver four because he's not going to play the slot like Cole mm-hmm. Beasley does. Yeah. And he's probably not going to start over Terrence Williams right away. But if one of, you know, Bryant or Williams or Beasley goes down, I mean, he's moving up and he's going to catch a lot of balls. I mean, like I said, he's not going to be Keenan Allen, but look for him moving forward. I think he could be in the Cowboys' plans for certain. I think that it about wraps up the rookie podcast um, post-draft. Uh, guys, have any parting words? Okay. Uh, <laughs> this makes for a good podcast. Uh, look forward to our podcast when Tim's actually in studio. Yeah, next one will probably be towards the end of June, you know, prepping for the uh, – training camps and uh tim will actually be in up here in connecticut in the uh studios i should name the studios maybe the 12th man studios uh yeah i think that's a. I great. think you need two-thirds majority for that yeah 
I don't I don't agree. I nix it's it. My, it's my area. It's my house. It's. <laughs> I'll burn it down. <laughs> <laughs> At any rate, um, we are the underscore. Um, follow us on our blog, underscore.wordpress.com, on Twitter, underscore, and on Facebook, underscore. Um, oh, yeah, we it? should have a. N- n- We'll have podcasts coming up throughout throughout the off season, um, previewing all the training camps and um, previewing. We'll probably have we might even have a couple live um, live drafts. We'll probably do some. Uh, we might even do some uh, invite people to do uh, online mock drafts with us uh, throughout the off season. You know, schedule them, get some people on there, um, do them. You know, obviously on the blog as well, and just you know. As we go forward and it gets closer to the redrafts and everything, we kind of like do as many mock drafts as you can because it really it's really helpful. It's good to get an idea of where everybody's landing in the average draft position, and you know, and there's plenty of websites. Just what other people are thinking, and and have contingency plans when your guys get taken, and you need to have a backup plan. Yeah, I mean, right right now is kind of a dead time. You might feel you know for fantasy purposes, unless you have dynasty drafts that are drafting now. Um, but we, as it heats up this summer, we're going to have content there all summer. And as you get closer to your drafts for the, you know, the upcoming season, we'll be all over it. Cause that's what we love more than anything else is we love draft analysis, like yes. fantasy draft analysis. So we will help you. <laughs> all right. And that is it. That is our post draft rookie podcast. Mm-hmm.